Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. We are so excited to have you join us here today. Denise and I decided that we would just imagine that we're all sitting around the table and chatting today and just talk to you all about things that have been on our minds lately. And before we hit record, we were like, well, what has been on our minds lately? And we were talking about how this is a time we're going into winter and we're going to be hibernating and it might even be kind of a forced hibernation with this COVID stuff going on. And Denise, you were saying it gives us an opportunity to kind of hunker down and really focus on our priorities and our needs and our wants, which just reminded me of something that's been on my mind. In my other podcast, Psychic Teachers, Deb and I, we've been picking a book once a month to read, you know, with all of our listeners, and then we discuss it on the show. And this month, the book was The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. And it's a really deep and involved book. I won't go into all the details, but one of the main things in the book is this thing that actually exists. You can Google them and, and find their history. They go back to the Byzantine Empire, but they're they're called incantation bowls or prayer bowls. And this book takes place in the first century. And what this woman does, the main character, Anna, is she puts a symbol or a picture of herself in the center of the bowl. And then what you're supposed to do is is write in a clockwise formation on the sides of the bowl, your longings. And that vessel, that bowl holds those prayers and takes them up so that they will be received and answered. And so people who are reading this book are creating their own bowl of longings, their own incantation bowl or prayer bowl. They go by a lot of different names. So Deb is going to be making her own and she's like, you should do it too. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. But then I thought about it and I was like, what am I going to put in my book of longings? Because that word has really been kind of following me around. A longing, a longing to do something is so different than a want or a need. Don't you think? I agree. So much has happened in this year. Positive, negative, middle of the road. So I really do think that when you bring up the difference between longing and what we may want or feel we need in our lives, that's a huge part of this hibernation that we're talking about. And what's been coming up a lot for myself and for people that I've been speaking with, it's almost like we have a foot in both worlds, like one foot where we've been and that doesn't really fit. We're not quite sure where we're going, but we have this, this feeling of needing to redefine and restructure our lives in some way. And I think that that's part of this go in the cave and get really reflective and say, what is it that I do want to move towards after the new energy of the, of the coming year? Yeah, I, exactly. It's almost like the universe has put us in a collective timeout. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in your room until you can think about what you want in a more clear and cohesive way. But don't you feel that sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness and the rush of life and pulled by so many different people's needs for us that we can almost forget really what it is we're here to do? Yes, very, very much so. And that seems... Uh, Another theme is if it's not real and true and genuine, it's like there's no effort for it. There's no room. The, the BS filters are sparkly clean and we're saying, you know what, I, I can't waste any more of this precious time. So in a, in a weird twisted sort of way, this past year has been an incredible gift uh, not to go into our toxic positivity show that we did last week, but 
it's been kind of a gift of really needing to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, is this who I want to be? Is this where I want to, where I want to go next? Right. Kind of a pause and a chance to realign and refocus some things. Yeah. I'm not asking you to share your personal longings because I think those should be private. But mm-hmm. Do you know what you would put in the bowl? Right now, today, not a, not a damn clue. <laughs> I have no idea what would go in. I think I'd have a hard time finding the bowl today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's because that's this whole disconnect feeling that it just, the world is, is still, uh, I don't want to say upside down, but we're all, I, I'll, we're almost like we're all a little bewildered right now with different, and so many people are having these, oh, uh, my empathy is off the chain for people that are going through these heart-wrenching situations right now with loved ones, with health, with situations. And I'm thinking in the midst of all of this to have that on top of it. Haven't you found that as well? Like a lot of people are, are being challenged yet again. Yes. Yes. I see a lot of people who are just struggling with their their walls are down and this whole pandemic has exposed us, I think, in ways we weren't prepared for. You know, sometimes when you have a workplace to go to or a church function to attend or a social outing you've got to prepare for and meals to cook and places to go and things to do, you can, you know, you can just kind of coast through life. But when all of that stops, where's your comfort blanket? You know, you've got to, you've got to then look at what really is true in your life and you've got to face some things. And, and for some of us, that's a really happy joy. And for others of us, it's, it's painful. And it might be a little bit of both for others as well. I saw this thing online and it was uh, posted by a nurse and she was taking care of this 98 year old woman in a facility and the woman's children couldn't come and visit her. And she said, I just don't want to be here. I'm 98. I, I just, I want to hug my children. And the nurse wrote, she said she was, they showed a picture of her. She was all in her PPE. She said, I broke pot- protocol and we just hugged each other. And we both needed that so much. And I'm tearing up as I'm saying this because it really touched my heart. The isolation, or especially for our loved ones who may be in a facility or may not have contact or may not have um that that human touch it's similar to you know babies failure to thrive if they're not cuddled and held and nurtured i think we're seeing that as well with some of our older population or people who are in isolation and finding ways to reach out so that they don't feel quite so isolated yeah i think that can be really hard for families that sense of isolation is just everywhere i mean Anytime you meet someone, I wonder if we're ever going to shake hands again, if people are ever going to hug. I've been bumping elbows for so long now. I don't know if I remember how to shake hands. Well, and, and it's, uh, so people in your part of the country are pretty good about following like the masks and the distancing and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. See, there's pockets here and there where it is and it isn't. And I think that that's uh, it. It doesn't really, my own personal opinion, it doesn't really matter the efficient, the, the, how effective this is. It's being polite and kind by just, okay, 
if this might help, if it doesn't help, if it if it is helping, and I do believe it is, but again, my own opinion, uh, then why not just do it to be kind? What, I think that's so important right now. All of this comes back to just be kind. And yeah, and is this the hill you're going to die on? I mean, literally and figuratively, really, this is this is the hill you're going to fight over, not wearing a little paper mask over your, your face? Oh, that's a good one. It just doesn't make sense to me. No. But this sense of isolation, I'm feeling everywhere. Like, this is such a weird example, but y'all know by now I do have my weird tendencies. <laughs> I was so excited to watch the new Unsolved Mysteries, you know, because I love Robert Stack. And I was like, oh, Netflix is bringing out Unsolved Mysteries again. It's not hosted by a person. What is it hosted by? No one. It, the stories open up and the witnesses to the murder, the mystery, whatever, the different witnesses, it's just clips of them telling the story. Oh. I don't like that. No. There's no host. I need to see Robert. And say, <laughs> I oh. want a host, damn it. Yeah. And, you know, you feel connected <laughs> and like, oh, there they are. And then I watched... Um, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. You know that creepy dad in Colorado who killed his wife and kids? Uh, vaguely, yes. Okay. Well, they did a documentary on him on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, okay. It came up under my suggestions after watching Unsolved Mysteries. I'm like, oh, I'll check this out. And again, there's there's no Dennis Murphy telling you the story. There's no Keith Morrison. It's just clips. Huh. And there's no cohesiveness to the way they're telling stories now on TV. And it kind of bugs me. I wonder if it's because people have the attention span of a gnat now. A lot of people can't focus. Yeah. For, and we both know the brain chemistry from being teachers that do it in shorter in intervals, hold people's attention. We can only sustain, you know, that, that level for so long, no matter what your cognitive ability is. That's just brain chemistry. So now I wonder, because we're so inundated all the time with, with TikToks and memes and flashes and quick videos and you bump, bump, bump. It's like getting, um, it's almost uh, like a strobe light with, with the impact. I wonder if yeah, that's part I of think, the reason. I think that is probably the reason. But I mean, think about Twilight Zone. Those stories stand on their own without Rod Sterling, right? But Rod is the, Rod is the Twilight the Zone. No. <laughs> I love that show. I absolutely love that show. It's and I timeless. just feel like we, we're moving into this do-it-yourself culture. You know, you go to the grocery store, well, you're going to ring up your own groceries too. You go to the yeah. library, you're going to check out your own darn books. And then you sit down to watch TV, well, you're going to tell your own stories or figure it out from these quick clips. Okay. So then you get into the whole rabbit hole of artificial intelligence. With all, we're slowly being acclimated to do your own groceries, pump your own gas, do all the, everything is becoming more and more autom automated. And if, and just from my background in, in special services and employability, you know, trying to get people to find something that would match their abilities and, the, and their interests for, because everybody wants something to get up and do in the morning. So many of those positions have been automated, manufacturing, factories, things that would be People would be happy to go to work. They'd make a living wage. They, they would be happy to do the same thing repetitively over and over. And that's not limited to, to people that might have had cognitive issues or learning style differences or whatever. It was very lucrative part of our economy for many, many, many years. 
And I think that we've moved away from that and automated it, which is, this is, again, I'm on a rant, so I apologize. But I think that we're, we're outsourcing ourselves to machines. And what's the cost of that? What's the cost of that in, in all the layers? I mean, there's right. so many different types of cost and it, it's kind of troubling and it makes me sad. I was helping an elderly neighbor. She was pulled in with a whole load of groceries. And I was like, oh, you go to Publix? I said, I never go there. I always forget about them. And they're so much more expensive than Harris Teeter and the other ones. And and she said, oh, I only go to Publix because they're the only ones that actually talk to me and check me out and walk my bags to the car. And she said, oh. you know, she said, at my age, that's my social life. Right. And I thought, wow, you know, what are we losing by this weird form of isolation? I don't know. Even from, and you're younger than I am, and you're, but with your children, how much harder it was for them to find a summer job or to find a job because so many of the jobs that there used to be available for, for younger people as entry-level jobs are either being held by people who, who need that employment to take care of their family or they're just not there anymore. Oh, well, don't even get me started on the younger generation. That is very true. But remember when we were talking and you said, I figured out how to block calls on my phone. Oh, yes. So that only my sons can call. And I was like, oh, I need to do that. So I asked my kids, I'm like, hey, how do I block all phone calls like when I'm working that only allow you guys to call? And my one daughter goes, well, I don't know. I never use my phone. I'm like, oh, they don't. No, they don't form words and talk. No. And I'm like, you use your phone all the time. And she goes, not to talk to people. You know, no. like that was the silliest thing in the world. And I was like, gosh, that's so true. They don't, they will FaceTime their friends, but for the most part, it's text and Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And I find that concerning because that's a form of isolation too. And I mean, I guess that's, you know, we just have to accept some of this, but I just feel like, what is this world going to look like in 20 years? And, you know, going back to the COVID thing, I don't think this is going away. No, I don't think we're done quite yet. I mean, even when the vaccine comes out, I think, I think it's going to be rolled out every now and again, either COVID-20 or what have you. And I don't know, that makes me worried as well. To flip that. And I think you're right. And I, I mean, I'm, I've done a lot of of research and reading on when they started adding food coloring and food uh, additives and chemicals on our food. And and so there is part of this, though, is shifting people back to um, local resources or growing their own food or am I eating clean and not in the I'll never eat a little Debbie outlook, but more in the is this uh, is it loaded with chemicals? And I caught myself in the grocery store, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and I just run in to get a couple of things. And I was comparing the difference between, because we're in New England and there aren't as many, well, the, the fresh vegetables are stands are in the gardens are done. And I, I looked at the organic produce and the non-organic produce and was comparing the price and what they looked like. And I thought, I'm really blessed that most of the time I get to make that choice now. But for a good part of my life, I didn't have that choice. I I bought what I could afford. And I think we're asking people to live a cleaner lifestyle and eat better and not look out for chemicals and and processing it. But without, if we make it so that people can't afford it or it's not attainable, 
that's that's as much of an issue as not being able to eat it. Right, exactly. So you want us to be healthy and stay healthy, but you're not making it affordable. Right. Yeah. It seems like such a simple thing, and yet those simple things rarely are. Well, how are you preparing for the holidays and this isolation, hibernation time? I am keeping it incredibly low-key, very quiet. I mean, I'm very low-key about the holidays anyway. I don't go way over the top about it. And But I'm still going back to this is a time to just regroup, be grateful, uh, refocus. I think that I do know some people that are very, very upset because their traditions are being impacted with this, with limited social gatherings or people not being able to travel. And I respect that. I truly do, because I know that there are a lot of people that wait all year to see certain parts of their family or to travel or to get together. And it's been, there's, there's a lot to be said for ritual and tradition. And this is also tipping that upside down for a lot of folks as well. Well, you know, I have a friend who lives uh, far away and, and she just found out that she has to spend Thanksgiving alone. Just weird things happen, family isolating and this family going uh, camping instead and all of this. So she has to spend it alone and it's really bugged me. And I was talking to another friend of mine who also has to spend Thanksgiving alone and also lives far away. And their advice was, this is not my first holiday alone, and this is how you do it. You have to plan for it. Mm -hmm. And as long as you plan for it and make it a day that you on your own can look forward to, you'll be fine. And I was thinking about all the people that are going to go into these holidays with some form of isolation or feeling alone. And I did spend one holiday alone. Have you ever spent a holiday alone? I have, yes. Several, actually. It's not like, you know, super fun, but I remember it was my, my first year at college. I had gone out of state for my first year and I left in August and my dad sent me a ticket so I could fly home for Thanksgiving. And then they promptly flew off to vacation. (laughs) (laughs) So I flew home and I took a cab to my house and I was so like, shocked that they did that, that I didn't want to tell any of my friends because then I'd get the pity invite. You mm-hmm. know that invite? No one yeah. wants that invite. And I didn't want to be like, oh, this is our Thanksgiving blessing. We're having little Samantha here. So I just didn't tell anybody that my parents weren't home that day. And I actually kind of had fun because I did plan it. I mm-hmm. planned a meal of myself that was all desserts. That was very <laughs> And I planned out all my movies. And then around six o'clock, I called my friends and said, hey, my parents just took a plane and went off to the islands and and then they came over and it was fine. So I do think if you if you plan for it instead of like hiding from the fact that you're going to be alone, I do think that can make it easier. And a lot of people are connecting with Zoom or with Skype or with FaceTime or th- we have that advantage this year of we've become more acclimated to seeing people over a screen. It's not the same, but at least there's a way to connect. There's an old friend of mine and she's one of the kindest people I've ever met. And she's done this for years and years and years is she has a traditional Thanksgiving, like for her family, for the single mother with kids that have nowhere to go, for the guy who lives by himself. 
And she would get like 20 or 30 people together and they'd make pies and they'd celebrate, but she would do a true, if you have nowhere to go, you're always welcome at my table kind of Thanksgiving. And it, it I think that's beautiful because people too. would look forward to it and they would have community and family and laughing. And, and it wasn't about your blood related or you're married into this family. It was, let's give thanks and be grateful that we have each other. And it makes it so fun. You know, we did that for years when, when Mike was still a police officer, we would open up our house to all police officers on duty. And I would just borrow crock pots and I'd keep everything heated up. And I'd have those little candle things that go underneath the dishes and I would just keep everything warm all day and different officers would come and go. Oh, I loved that so much. It's so nice to have that feeling of an open house and everyone is welcome. Yeah. And but again, it's something you have to plan. <laughs> that's true. So how about you? What is your, what's your list look like? Your, your planning look like? Well, Thanksgiving will be just my kids and my former husband and my former father-in-law. Okay. And I did go to Sign Up Genius because now if you want to go to church, you have to go to the Sign Up Genius and get a ticket and print it out. Did you know Seriously? That? Seriously. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So my older daughter and um, probably her dad and her two friends are going to run in the turkey trot and then we'll go to church and then... We'll all have a big dinner, and then I'll go see my my parents later on. And I'm just excited because my older daughter's coming home from college, and she'll be yes. home until mid-January, so that'll be fun. And, you know, where I live, we do have a lot of outdoor things we can do for the holidays. There's a couple of farms, and they open up, and you can safely distance and walk and look at the lights. And they, do, they even do a safely distance uh, caroling carriage ride downtown. So we have a lot of those types of events planned. So I'm excited. I love my cheesy Hallmark movies. And don't nobody judge me because pile on the cheese. I love it. <laughs> so we're going to, we always have our Hallmark movie marathon days. It's January and February that I worry about. True. The holidays I don't worry about as much because I just love the magic of that season. I love the music. I love decorating. I just love everything about it. January and February, I never like. And now with, you know, this, what is, what is it? We're going to go into like a six to eight week lockdown probably. Oh, I hadn't heard that. See, I, yeah. I, I'm in denial. Uh, well, yeah, let's just stay there. It's a nice place for now. <laughs> so I've got to plan something fun for me to look forward to in January and February. Well, that's, that's funny because last year at this time, it's starting to get cold here and typical. It's late fall, early to mid fall in, in New England. It's going to be cold. And last year at this time, I was thinking, well, that's okay because I'm going to take the RV and I'm going where it's warmer. And I was planning and I was excited. And it's like, oh, look, it's really cold. Ha ha. I'm not going to be here. Well, this year I am going to be here again, which wasn't the game plan. And I'm, I'm in that same exact place for different reasons of I need. And that goes back to that original thought about hibernating is take this time to really go deep in the cave and say, what, what's next? What am I doing? What do I need to heal? What do I need to release? Because I think that's where a lot of us are going to be in, in January and February, it, it, whether we're in a cold state, a warm state, where we're in the islands, it doesn't matter where I think that's coming. I it's know. not a bad thing. I think it, if you go into like seasonal, like living with the seasons, this is supposed to be a time of, 
rest and recuperation and, and, and just really recharging our batteries before the new growth in the spring. Yeah, and I think it's so important to have things that make you feel useful and needed and a purpose. So whether it's focusing on work projects or household project or something you can do for kindness for other people, all of those things, I, I don't know, they help me a lot. So I've been stocking up on yarn because I'm going to be doing a lot of crocheting projects. I have two pregnant friends. Oh, my. I know. It's very exciting. At my age, you don't get to say that a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to be making some fun projects for them. And um, we're making a bunch of ornaments. I don't know. I just love doing stuff like that. And I've got a stack of books I want to get through. Well, see, now that's fun. And those are things that we don't see. We haven't. Well, I don't seem to find the time for that during the rest of the year. No, I, I have to make the time for that stuff. You know, I have to kind of force myself to sit and do some of these things. So I'll carve out a whole Saturday or I'll carve out a whole Sunday. Sunday's usually my day to kind of just chill. And that's when I try to focus on these projects. But it helps me. I've noticed this year planning is really the key. You know, planning oh, out. Know meals and planning, you know, safe, distant ways to see friends and to get outside every day and all of that stuff. I just think it's so important to focus on that as we get through the rest of this year. And I really do think, especially after talking to our astrologer friend, Jennifer, I do think once we get into mid-December and January, we're going to see some of this tense energy that we've experienced this whole year lifting. Mm-hmm. And some of the um, angst and anxiety and worry. I think some of that's going to be transforming. I, I just, I don't know. I've been staying away from the news a lot. Every time I, I turned it on last night, did you see um, Governor Cuomo like yelling at that news reporter and the poor man was doing the sign language and he was, it looked like he was doing um, a break dance routine because he had to sign so fast because they were fighting. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see that. I just thought, what is happening where everyone is just so angry and uptight and jumping on people? And I just don't understand the energy right now. It's, it's, I don't like it. No, no, but, but we can shift it. And I, I do believe that. I do believe that part of this is people are, are really taking the, I, I don't know, I am. Maybe, maybe it's just me and my little bubble world that I'm really looking at what, what works in my life and what doesn't? What do I really want to keep doing? What do I want to redefine? What do I want to look forward to? Uh, and not pie and sky, but I don't, oh, I know what it was. I took, um, I was winterizing the RV because I don't get to go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and I was uh, thinking, I, I took it out to turn it around and back it in. But then I caught myself driving down the road and playing music and thinking, oh, you know, blank, 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 you COVID, I'm leaving anyway. Of course I'm not. And, but it was that freedom sense. But when I came back, I thought, okay, let's start moving in a new direction with the silly things. Like I, I do want to go to Sedona. I want to go to uh, play in the rocks in Arkansas. I want to go back to the Keys. I'm, I have been blessed that I've been able to travel around the United States a lot. And I there's places I want to go back to or visit for the first time. And I think having those kind of things are important too, because we will get back to when the when the world opens up again, and it'll look different. 
and we may not even have the same things on our list that we did at the beginning of this, but I think having hopeful and optimistic about new beginnings to get through this winter. Yeah. And again, that's planning, you know, you're, you're forward thinking and you're focusing on, on what you want and what your heart is longing for. I, you know how I want to take my kids to England so badly. Yeah. So yes. obviously that's not happening right now. And I don't know if it'll happen in the next, I don't know, eight years. Cause I have three college tuitions to pay for, but um, my older two are going to Europe with school programs. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. We're all getting passports. So I renewed my passport. I got my youngest a passport. Just looking at those darn little blue books makes me so happy. So I bought a new mm -hmm. notebook and I'm, I'm like, when I'm bored at night or I can't sleep, I go on a VRBO and I look at all the cottages I want to rent in all the different towns in England. And I'm just planning that darn trip. Oh, see, now that's fun. It's so fun. And I'm writing down like my itinerary and my favorite villages in the Cotswolds and the best old bookstores in London. And I, I'm just writing it all down and we know it'll happen one day. See, that's fantastic. Say that with a little bit more enthusiasm, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is fantastic because it's, it's hopeful and it's, it's also you're, you're revisiting something you've wanted to do for a long, long time. And that's part of this too is, uh, don't, haven't you found that some of the stuff that you put on the back burner or on the back shelf for a long time is starting to say, huh, I really do want to do that now. Yes. I think all of this time is making us kind of like a, like a strainer, you know, it's making us filter out what is unnecessary and focus on what is really in our heart. And, you know, I think in our own ways, Denise, we're building our bowl of longings. We're filling it. Oh, oh that was good. That was very good. Be because it's true. It really is true. We're trying so hard to figure stuff out that makes no sense. There's no rule book anymore. There's no playbook. But what we do have as an advantage is empathy, compassion, understanding, insight, trusting, learning to read. And I, that's another thing I'm excited about this winter is taking the time to do my own personal work again with meditation, with honing my intuition, with like just exploring that a little bit, because even though we've been, um, well, pretty much working completely isolated haven't you found that there's been less time to focus on your own personal growth and, and work because of all the other expectations? Yes, but I have found that there's also been more of that stuff has been coming up. Good. You know, through different events. Maybe it's just because, you know, my sisters and I are dealing so much with our aging parents, but I do feel like there's been more time to kind of process old stuff and, and shift it and learn to carry it better. And I think that's been a positive. And, you know, if it all goes to hell in a handbasket, I guess we're going to space. Denise, what were you talking about before? <laughs> oh, this, this is my uh, Elon Musk sending it, the privatized rocket that they sent four astronauts to the space station. And he did this in collaboration with, uh, with NASA. And, but this is, 
this is big because he wants to privatize space travel and eventually have, you know, if you had the resources, you could have your own space station. And he wants to eventually, you know, put humans on other planets. And I mean, we are talking a big ass rabbit hole with this stuff. Yeah, here I am trying to get to England. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? What, would, what planets are they going to? Well, I don't know. I think he's really into Mars. I think he's very big fan of Mars. Isn't that but, like a really hot planet? Yeah, but there, there's supposedly they've found water and, and this and that. and we, It's still that ex- extension of the polarity in there's that whole mindset. And then there's the mindset of I'm going to grow a garden in my backyard and have some chickens so that I can know where my food is coming from and that it's clean. And it seems so extreme to me, but they're both so apparent right now. Well, I think we're living in extreme times. The The polarity that we're seeing everywhere in our culture, our news, our politics, our environment, our economics, the polarity, I think that's what's the most troubling thing to come out of 2020. Yes. But with that growth and evolution, I, I still, I still in my heart of hearts, I believe in humanity. I believe we'll pull ourselves out of this. Yeah, we always, we always have. We always have. We, we've been through much, much worse things in, you know, humanity's history. And we've always come through it. It's just scary while you're going through it. And I don't like the unknowns. I don't like, no, I don't know. I don't understand this COVID thing. I really don't. I don't know why it attacks some people so severely and others hardly at all or not at all. I don't know how long it's going to last or if it's going to come back. I don't know anything about it, really. I've read about it, but I still don't understand. Do you? No. And I, no. I don't like that. When we went into this lockdown in March, did you think we'd still be in it now? No. I didn't either. I was telling my daughter that last night on the phone, and I was like, some psychic I am. I really thought that we would be, <laughs> I mean, really, I thought we'd be on lockdown from March to June. And I thought the summer would be fine. And I really thought that was an economic thing. I thought there's no way the government's going to keep us all shut down because that's when we travel and spend money. And then I thought when fall and winter comes, they're probably going to put the lockdown back on and we'll all tuck in for the holidays. And then boom, a vaccine will appear. But I did not think my kids would be out of school this long, that they'd be doing these Zoom classrooms, that you know we'd all be waiting in line to walk into a grocery store. I just didn't think any of that. No, no, but it's. Uh... I had to go downtown this morning to the courthouse to pick up this this piece of paper I need for power of attorney for my dad. And I don't know where the heck I'm going. So I park my car and I go and there is a line wrapped around the building. Oh, my goodness. To get into the courthouse. And, you know, everyone is there trying to either pay a ticket or jury duty or who knows what. And all I needed was a little packet of papers. Oh, it was so frustrating. And of course I walk in and they're like, put everything in the bucket. And I'm like, okay. So I put everything in the bucket and you know me, I always have mace on my keychain mm-hmm. and I have a stun. I have all sorts of stuff. Cause I just watched too much Dateline. And he's like, ma'am, you have pepper spray. And I was like, yes, I do. And he was like, yeah, not in here. You don't. So I Ooh. lost my I lost my pepper spray. Oh. Yeah. 
I was like, well, I just have to go to that office right there and grab a pack of papers for my dad and I'll be right back. Can you just hold it for me? And he said, no. (laughs) Oh, wow. So is it, I'm surprised they didn't. So you put all your stuff in the bucket. Oh, to go through like security, like a metal detector. Right. Oh, Oh, okay. I missed that part. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it, but yeah, so I lost that. But anyway, everywhere you go, there's lines. True. Well, I don't know. Are you seeing that up in Maine? Uh, yes, and I live in a more rural part of the state, but we've they've relaxed it in for the longest time. They had someone standing at the door with a clicker, and they'd count off how many people were in the store, and then there'd be You're someone at the other door. Here. I think we're going back to that soon. Okay, they haven't stopped doing that here. Like if anywhere you go, pretty much not everywhere, but most places, there's there's lines. Trader Joe's is the worst. You have to wait in line forever, but it's worth it. But there, there's just been so much to get used to this year that I think that's been hard. And then not knowing how long this is going to last. You know, I keep thinking about our our family members during World War II. Mm-hmm. You know, how they had just gotten out of the Depression. Now they're in World War II. And I wonder if, I wonder if they made a big pound cake for Thanksgiving and used the last of the sugar and thought, oh, surely, you know, this, these victory gardens won't be needed soon. We'll be out of this as soon as we we can blink our eye. New Year's coming, right. it'll be fine. Not knowing that there were, you know, three years left. It, another interesting part is I've talked with a lot of folks who, and I do agree with that because I think people are starting to hoard again or they're starting to panic and, Oh, I have no paper towels. There are no paper towels in my town. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I always get the big case at Sam's. Yeah. And I used the last one two days ago. I have been to four stores. And there's none available. No toilet paper, no paper towels, no Clorox wipes. All gone. Yeah. Okay. So how, (laughs) how did people use all that toilet paper and paper towels from the last time? They were buying, I saw truckloads of people. Well, I, people are just, I don't know. I I don't know if they're, they're better off or worse off, but some of the stuff, well, paper goods don't go bad, but hoarding canned goods or stuff, they have an expiration date. I don't understand it. It's such a, it's such a yucky energy to live from. Don't you think like, oh, I, I'm going to have all of this and I don't care if you don't. Right. I can never take the last of something in any store. You never do? I can't. Like if there's, like I have these energy drinks. They're, um, I get can only get them at one grocery store. They're um, as watermelon seltzer flavor. I love these things. And they don't have them. I guess they're like the most popular flavor. So, and they're on sale often. And so I'll go and stock up when they are. And I will always leave two of those drinks left because I think of other people like me who are like, oh, they're on sale and they go to grab them. See, that's being an empath. That's being kind. I just don't get that mentality. I'm going to take it all. It's all mine, damn it. all mine. (laughs) Like someone's going to cry. I don't have a paper towel. Use a rag. I, I just don't understand it. But yeah, so we're already seeing that here. It looks like... Our town looks like it does a week before a hurricane. And that's new. That just started this week. And going into the holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays. Oh, boy. But 
another thing that's interesting on a while we're without our paper products, people are getting bigger downloads. They're getting more connected with their intuition. They're getting stronger premonitions and hunches. It's almost like there's been these big waves in between all this angst and unsettled and disconnect of people really, really tuning in. So I do think that's getting stronger for folks as well. Oh, I definitely do. I think more people are waking up. It's because the pendulum is swinging and we're going into this age of Aquarius or whatever you want to call it, this lighter energy as all these heavy planets shift into a more happy alignment. I think more people are awakening up to who they are, why they're here. And it's kind of like go time. I do think that we're having these, haven't you found that a lot of folks you're talking to, they're having these big waves of intuition and then it's kind of dust bunnies and tumbleweeds and there's not much there, but then another big wave and download. And I think that's, that's going to get stronger with more downloads, more connection, more going within, more trusting yourselves. It, it all, I think it's all intertwined. Yeah. You know what it feels like to me? Have you ever been driving on the road and you lose your radio station? So you're trying to tune in and get it back and you hit some spot on the highway and it's crystal clear. Mm -hmm. And then you keep driving and you lose it again. So you got to tweak the station and find it in a, you know, instead of 97.1, you find it strongly at 97.3. Mm -hmm. I just feel like we're all being tweaked right now and our vibrations are being realigned and we're learning how to settle in with this new energy. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. But I do, I, I am not a Pollyanna. I think people listening know me well enough to know that I, I'm fine with the shadow side as much as I am with the light side. So I'm not just saying this to sound happy and positive. I really do think things are going to lift and lighten. One of the reasons why I say that is in January and February. So I have this weird thing when I meditate, sometimes like a song will just pop into my head or a random line from a poem. And I'll just kind of make a note of it. In January and February, every time I meditated, I would hear something wicked this way comes. Oh, yeah. And it freaked me out. And then March <laughs> came and COVID came. And I was like, well, dang, that was true. <laughs> Ever since August or September, Every time I meditate, I hear something wonderful this way comes. Oh, it's totally shifted. So I really do think we're heading into brighter, happier times. And we just have to get through this winter. And if we focus on, you know, inviting in the magic of this holiday season and planning some fun, cozy times for ourselves, and then trying to push and extend that as much as we can into January and February, I think then we'll be ready to welcome in this much brighter energy. I agree. And I like what you're hearing much more than your dad was in advertising, right? Yes. So probably, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm sharing this. It's, it's not, I, I'm still okay. All the synapses are firing. I, the other day I had old jingles because, you know, music and muscle memory and you'll remember things. Jingles from when I was a kid growing up that were on TV. And I couldn't, they were running through my head for these different products. Don't know why, just randomly. And I was just cracking myself up thinking, oh my gosh, these are so, people would lose their minds to hear some of the things that were just, people sang along, they didn't think it was not appropriate or, or anything. It was just the times. 
But, and I called a friend of mine who's my age and we were laughing and I said, do you remember that? And I filled in the blank. And of course she remembered it. But then I told my sons about it because it, it wasn't, it was something that would never ever be set out in public today. And not that I came over on the ark, but I'm old enough that times have changed. Can you and see I, the product so I can try to guess? Uh, it was for a corn chip. Okay, no, drawing a blank. All right, go ahead. Okay, okay. So anyone that's of a certain age will know what I'm talking about. And it was just, it was so inappropriate, but it it was that, and it's it's locked in my brain, what, the X amount of decades later. And I just think that's fascinating. So that um, I like yours better than getting getting old jingles from, from uh, <laughs> it was a kid stuck in my head. Well, maybe you're getting the old jingles as a reminder that, things really do change. They take time, but they change and they change for the better. Yes. And that's an excellent, excellent point is so many people, and this sounds judgy pie pants and I don't mean it that way. They want immediate shift and change. And my, I think for long lasting shift and change, we do need a catalyst, but it needs to be gradual so people can acclimate it and make it the new normal. Right. Right. You know, I was thinking the other day, I bumped into an old friend and we met because when we both first got married to police officers, we joined the Wives Auxiliary Club. Mm -hmm. And once or twice a month, we would meet at someone's house and we would do things for the community and we would also do things for the police officers. We'd bake cookies and brownies and bring them down to the police station. Mm hmm. And this is like 1997, 98, 99, 2000, not terribly long ago. And yet how 1950s does that sound? But that's also, see, it, this is interesting because there's a, a camaraderie with uh, policemen, firefighters, unions that it's, it's timeless. So I don't think you were, you were being putting on an apron and, and putting up a big bouffant hairdo. I think it was just being kind. Oh, no, it was, but it disbanded because we all had to work, <laughs> take care of kids, and we couldn't do that stuff anymore. And I was thinking, wow, like the women's movement started in the mid-60s, really took off in the 70s, but we really didn't see, and we, we still haven't fully seen, the ramifications of that movement until the 2000s. Right. And it just reminded me of how long it takes for change to come around. Right. And sometimes it's cyclical and you go through it a couple times before it finally sticks. Right. But it's always moving forward. And I mean, your, your dad's age or your mom's age, some of the things that, that were there normal. If someone had, I was thinking about my, my, I'm the age my mother was when my younger son was born. My youngest son was born and I was thinking about what her life was like and, and, you know, what, where I was and what she was like at that time in her life. And then I thought, wow, it was such a different world, even uh, 26 years ago. And I thought that that was very interesting because it's, we're having these big leaps forward now, which are very needed. I, I am, a hundred percent on that we need this shift and change in so many directions because we're empowering people. We're, we're doing this. Now, this is, uh, I don't know if this is a, I'm just going to say it. I want my goal, my happy magic wand wish would be 
that will get to the place where you're just a person, you're just a human being. That's it. Not what color your choices or anything. I just want to get there. Me too. And we're putting so much focus on the the first of this, the first of that, the first of that. So I think that's a stepping stone to the unity. Mm-hmm. Like like acknowledging the individual so that we can become more of a collective presence. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. I hope so too. I mean, how again, it should be so simple. You know, yeah. why why isn't that simple? Everyone matters, everyone is a person who you are, who you love, uh, all of that stuff. None of that matters. It's 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 who it's who we all are as people together and if we treat everyone with love, kindness and respect, what an amazing world this will this will continue to be. I just this is a great example of this. I just finished watching Schitt's Creek. The the and wow. I loved it. It wow. was a great series. It was fun. Someone had suggested, and I watched the first through, and I thought, ah, this is my. And then once I got into it, I just really enjoyed the Me show. Me too. The first two or three, I was like, this is <laughs> yeah. so silly. I'm losing brain cells, and then I fell in love. So I saw a, a a meme or a post or something from the actor in the in the show that played David, and she said. When I was in the 80s, all the time I wasted worrying about what would happen to my beautiful, happy, precious son who loved to twirl. And now look at him changing the world. And I just cried. And I'm I'm crying now because that wasn't that long ago. But look how far we've come. Exactly. Exactly. So, So this goes back to saying, you know, right now it's not easy, but maybe patience is part of this. Yes. Yes. Patience, Doesn't that touch your heart? Though? And unity. It really does. It gives me chills. That's beautiful. We have come so far. And I know a lot of people are feeling angry and, and righteous in their anger. But I do think it's important to reflect on how far we've come. Yeah, we have a lot longer to go. But we have come very far and we're making the appropriate steps. And that's what matters. And what can we do to help? What can we do to help? Throwing gasoline on the fire. Right. I agree. Well, I know we're out of time. We hope you've enjoyed this virtual (laughs) coffee table chat. (laughs) We'll be back with you next week. We're going to be sharing uplifting holiday stories. So we hope you tune in for that. As always, please remember to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.